You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, this is going to be a very special strafed by the U.S. military uh, installment of the Savage Lovecast because we record this in Seattle, Washington in a not quite soundproof room and the Blue Angels, which are a bunch of jets flown low over major urban centers by the U.S. Navy, perform here every year at something we like to call Seafair and anywhere else would be called a pathetic joke. And they do practice runs and they're going to be flying over the building as we record this. If you hear the roar of jets, uh, it's not because I am on an aircraft carrier standing in front of a mission accomplished banner. It is because the Blue Angels are flying up my ass. Uh, We will get right to your calls and the Blue Angels in just a moment after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free Audible book download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for details. Hey, Dan. Um, I am get, getting ready to gear up to move out of state uh, to move in with a girl. Um, we're madly in love. We've got a lot, of gut, lot in common, a lot of uh, good potential there. The problem I have is her family, um, her grandmother and her mother they're from a foreign culture. Uh, she has no real contact with her father, and they really just try and micromanage the hell out of her life according to some principles that are just, you know, really fucked up and really provincial and kind of repressive and scary. Um, my question is, um, every time she has any kind of contact with her and they brow- browbeat her about some shit that is, you know, usually involving me and our relationship and her life choices and all kinds of bullshit, uh, it's like a total catastrophe, and it really fucks with her head. Um, they, there's just not really any healthy boundaries now that she's an adult. Uh, they're really still trying to treat her like she's a teenager, and I'm some boy that's like trying to ask her out to the prom. What are your intentions towards my daughter? I have literally been asked in those words, um, and uh, I'm really kind of tempted to just hit the nuclear option, um, and that's just, you know, yes, we're fucking like rabbits. She has tattoos in places you've never heard of. And uh, all that rope is not because I needed to tie down my furniture in the moving van. Um, so that's my first question is, is how can I help her establish, you know, some sort of healthy boundaries, both, you know, with them and their behavior, which is unacceptable to me, and in her own mind, so it's not a catastrophe for her every time, uh, you know, they go off on a rant and are full of shit. Um, secondly is uh, up until that happens or... Uh, I hit the nuclear option. Um, how can I uh, approach this relationship? Because I think what's got some real future, and I don't want this one point of downfall, this one Achilles heel to uh, totally fuck us up. I mean, she's great. Um, I've got a great job waiting for me, and I'm, and I'm moving out of state to be with her. I think it's got some real potential, and I just don't want it to fuck up over this one area. So anything you have to say would be great. Uh, talk to you later. What are your intentions toward my daughter? That is not uh, necessarily uh, a rude question. I actually ask that question all the time. Uh, not that I have a daughter, but you know, when I meet friends who are just beginning to date somebody, I will often, if, particularly if I have a paternalistic feeling about that friend, look at the guy or the girl and say, "What are your intentions toward my friend?" 
uh, sort of as a joke. So that the fact that her parents or her mother and grandmother are saying this to you uh, isn't – you know, it's not a war crime or anything. So hopefully there are other things going on uh, that are way more toxic than just a question that any parent I think has a right to ask. Uh, you know, if the disease is controlling not job family members, the cure is not controlling not job boyfriend. This sounds like a frying pan into the fire situation. You talking about going nuclear and throwing details of your girlfriend's sex life in the face of her conservative uh, mother and grandmother as a way of sort of exploding their relationship and perhaps ending her relationship with her family, that's out of line. That's not okay. This has to be something that she does. You can incentivize your girlfriend standing up to her family or having less contact with her family or uh, you know, drawing a line in the sand with her family and saying, uh, you're not allowed to ask these questions. I will not be treated this way. I'm a modern American girl, uh, whatever. But you are not allowed to hold the info and the dirt that you have on your girlfriend over her head in some sort of threatening fashion and go around her, over her head, or behind her back to destroy her relationship with her family. That, again, is a controlling nut job stepping in to you know, pry her off some other controlling nut jobs. And it won't be any better for her in the long run when her family has been or is being in the short and long run. So you say to the girlfriend, you know, your family, they're kind of nuts. They make you unhappy. I want you to be happy. I want us to work out. Hopefully we have a real – uh, future ahead of us. You're really upset when you talk to them. Maybe you should think about speaking to them less or not revealing to them as much as you do. And sometimes with those conservative families, it just takes time. They just have to realize that you're a good person and you, and you haven't come to you know tie down and rape their daughter uh, in a non-consensual fashion and that you are not an asshole. And the way to prove to them that you're not an asshole is by not being an asshole. So let's take the asshole nuclear option off the asshole table, shall we? Give it time. Give your girlfriend the support and love and rope burns that she requires and let her handle her relationship with her mother and her grandmother. Hi, Dan. My name is Aaron, and I'm a 20-year-old bisexual from um, the L.A. area. Um, I called a few days ago and realized my message was way too long, so I'm going to try to cut it down for you significantly. Um, I, re I recently listened to podcast number 6768, where people were talking about dating the Jesus freaks. And um, I remember the lady saying she was married to one for like 11 years, and she wanted to be a free spirit again, or I think she said pagan. And her husband said she was possessed by a demon spirit, and he talked to her his pastor about her and he agreed and you said something about um him what might he might kind of save her her body by saving or trying to save her soul by hurting her body and it kind of like brought that to my attention because my dad is kind of the same way um he had me correct um i'm questioning my religion now because he recently found out that I'm bi, and he wants to have these hour-long talks about religion and the Bible and how homosexuality is wrong, and I'm being possessed by a demon spirit, and I'm not living by the order of God, and I'm going to go to hell. And I think to myself, like, 
am I a living contradiction? Because if God doesn't make mistakes and I'm perfect in His image, why should I have to change? You know, I try to tell him I can't change, and uh, he doesn't listen to everything we talk about. He brings up the Bible again, and so I just sit there and let him talk. So every time he wants to talk, he asks me how I'm doing with my struggles, I guess. And I just tell him everything he wants to hear so I can like leave, and he's not going to change his mind. But my question is, how or what do I do when I move out and he continues to ask about it, or, or I bring a guy home one day? And so I don't want to lie to him, because he already knows now, so it's still good that he knows I don't have to hide it anymore, but... Like, what can I say to him next time we have, like, a talk like that? Here's what you say to your father. You say, I'm 20 years old. I'm an adult. I don't want to discuss this with you. I appreciate that you interpret the Bible one way. I don't agree with your interpretation of the Bible. I'm not necessarily down with your whole religious program. And I think you're wrong. And I don't want to discuss this anymore. Period. And you get up and you walk out of the room. That's it. One day in the future, hopefully your father will be over it. Plenty of religious parents have gotten over their hangups about their children's bisexuality or homosexuality. Your father may one day too give him a couple of books to read, walk him through the fact, you know, the evidence and Google it. You'll find reams of it, if I may use that word, that homosexuality or bisexuality is hardwired. And you were, if he believes that we were created in God's image, God created you this way, and it isn't a sinful choice that you made, uh, and it certainly isn't a demon possessing uh, your butt that's filling you with these desires. Uh, and then don't discuss it anymore. Just tell him to fuck off. You're an adult. And if you're living at home, I would encourage you to move the fuck out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. I downloaded Audacity of Hope and Dreams of My Father, Barack Obama's books, because I can't get enough of that Barack Obama guy. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook today. Hey, Dan. I uh, am in a um, dominant sinister relationship, and my boyfriend's wanting me to worship his cock, which I thought I could do because I thought it was just kind of like an adoring blowjob, but he wants me to, like, talk to it and worship it, like, talk to it, to his penis, and I don't know what to say. Um, so, and it's, yeah, it's like, so he's it's dominant submissive, and he's making me write like a thousand word paper on it. And I'm looking. I mean, I'm gonna look on the internet to maybe hopefully find a video or something. But I didn't know if you had advice about it, like, um, just what to say, I guess, and then like how to like get in the mood of it for to not feel retarded. I mean, I feel like I'm talking. I might as well be talking to an apple. Um. Because it's just, you know, it's not, like, I could talk to him, but I can't talk to his penis. You know, there's a lot of hot things you can do in a dom-sub relationship, but thousand-word mm-hmm. essay assignments? Are you dating a TA? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, he had just told me to um, to do it, but I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, I said, 
I said, like, I well, you know, I, he said, what? I love you, Mr. Penis. Yeah, yeah, it's seriously like that, because, yeah, I, I said, um, well, he said, you know, worship his cock, and so I just started doing it physically, because that's honestly all I'd ever really heard of. I've never heard of anybody, like, talking to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then he said to talk to it, and then I just was awkward and was just like... I love you, and, like, I love it when you're hard and you fuck me, you know, like, but I couldn't say enough stuff. I think that I shall never see, see a thing as lovely as this PP. <laughs> so, is it a particularly nice cock? Um, I mean, I like it, <laughs> but I mean... Matters. And we're not going to yeah. go any deeper than that. Um, okay. You know, some people are uncomfortable talking, uh, you know, talking about sex. Some people who haven't you know, been very vocal during sex, feel self-conscious, and they don't know what to say, they don't know what to say the wrong things. And, you know, it's cool that you have this dom-sub thing going, and if it's working for you, that's great. Uh, he needs to, as, you know, a responsible sex partner, and, you know, as the dom, uh, guide you a little more instead of just throwing that out there. And the best way for someone who's comfortable uh, being vocal during sex to encourage someone who isn't comfortable yet being vocal during sex is to ask them questions because then you don't have to think about you don't have to think up what to say you just have to respond and if he wants you to talk to his cock perhaps his <laughs> cock should talk to you okay. that would so not help I would just crack up <laughs> but okay or maybe he should ask you questions yeah it's weird that he wants to you know sort of disassociate himself from his cock and have you address his cock as if it were you know a person or a muppet or a you know a, a dog or something that's yeah. attached to him in some way i mean have you ever heard of that before Oh, sure, sure. I've heard of these things before. Okay. Um, and, there, you know, there are people who, you know, talk about their genitals, men particularly, because our genitals hang outside our body, and they seem to be, sometimes have a mind of their own. People will speak of their genitals, males will, in the third person. You know, guys will give their dicks a name, and they'll refer to him, you know, refer to their dick as him or the fella or, you yeah. know. As if it had agency, because for a lot of guys, that's how we experience it, as if our dicks are ordering us around and not uh, the other yeah. way around. Um, if he's doing things for you that turn you on... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if this is something that turns him on, and he's not just doing it in a dumb way to make you feel awkward and enjoy, you know, you're being humiliated by this... I mean, that might be... I mean, that's not just why he's doing it. He does enjoy it just because of what it is. But, I mean, he does enjoy that, but, I mean, I do, too. It's just hard okay, to get past. You have to throw yourself into it. Like, why are you yeah. embarrassed? What's to be embarrassed about? Well, you just don't know what to say? Yeah. Speaking yeah, like, I just can't, I can't, like, keep up a conversation with a penis. <laughs> like, I just can't do it. <laughs> well, it's not a conversation. It's a <laughs> Well, okay, and then, okay, here's my other problem with it, is that with the worship, like, I do believe in God. I'm not real religious, mm-hmm. but... I do end up feeling weird, like... Using religious language? Well, you can avoid the religious language. Mm-hmm. You don't say, you know, how cocky full of grace the Lord is with you. Okay. are your nuts. Um, you can just, you know, if you dig his cock and you dig him, you can talk to his cock about him, and you're going to feel silly. Uh, what often helps in those sorts of situations is if, you know... If you're doing a dumb sub thing and it, whatever it is makes you giggle, 
And if there's any, you know, slap and tickle involved with this dumb sub thing, you know, if it makes you giggle and he can slap your ass hard enough to knock the giggle out of you and you can keep going, then you can just work through the giggles. Mm-hmm. Okay. You might end up, you know, if you try to get through a whole conversation with this cock with a bright red ass with handprints all over it, but if that's what it takes. <laughs> I'm willing to make that sound. You shouldn't be self-conscious yeah. about doing the things that turn him on when he's doing the things that turn you on. And sometimes yeah. you just have to throw yourself into it and go ahead and feel silly. Most of sex is very silly. And if you saw a videotape of what you were doing, not what you were saying, <laughs> you would feel silly watching it or, you know... Yeah. Silly after the fact. Sex yeah. is ridiculous. All of it. Spoken and unspoken, mouths full and mouths not full, orifices stuffed and not stuffed. It all is a bit goofy. And uh, what our erotic imaginations con us into doing, because it yeah. turns our cranks, is endlessly humiliating, whether or not you're into dom substance. Yeah. Can I ask like, a little bit of another question? Sure thing. Okay, so with the Dom sub thing, which I'm really into, like, definitely sexually, and really just when we're hanging out, too, but, like, he's definitely into it, like, all the time and takes it. Not that he takes it all seriously and is serious all the time, because we kid all the time, too, but I just, I mean, yeah, like, some of it's just kind of silly or, like, not real to me, and, like, do you think it's okay to, like, just kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek it, or do you think that's being, like, dishonest with him? I think it's fine for you to tongue-in-cheek it, you know, because okay. it, it is a, there is a suspension of disbelief involved with any sort of dom-sub relationship. He doesn't really own you. He's not really his master. It only exists as long as you say it exists. Your consent makes this sort of play possible, and you can walk away at any moment. And that yeah. goes on in the backyard. It's just like watching a movie. You know that's not, you know, uh, Harrison Ford doing that, or that didn't really happen, but you get sort of swept up in the drama of it, and you suspend your disbelief so that you can enjoy the movie. And that's what you're yeah. doing in a dom, in dom sub role play. And you can make it as real as you care to pretend that it is, but it's still play. It's still cops yeah. and robbers for grown-ups with your pants off. And yeah. you can have tongue-in-cheek, and you can roll your eyes silently inside. <laughs> you know, if he takes yeah. cops and robbers a little more seriously than you do. But you don't want to shatter his ability to suspend his disbelief and enjoy the dom sub play yeah. by rolling your eyes in his face. Yeah. Right? Just like, you know, there are probably moments where your submission style strikes him as a little silly or not quite in line with his domination style, and he may roll his eyes silently and not want to shatter your suspension of disbelief and your enjoyment by rolling his eyes in your face. Yeah. And that, that with any sort of role play requires that mutual suspension of disbelief, but also mutual extension of courtesy. Yeah. You're not going to be a perfect fit in a role-play scenario, and you kind of glance over the areas where your partner isn't your perfect fit, and they do you the courtesy of, uh, of, a, of sliding over the areas where you're not their perfect fit, and then you both get what you can out of the scene. All right, thanks. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm 21 years old, gay, and uh, kind of in the closet still. But um, I wanted to ask you about this guy I've been kind of seeing for like seven months. Um, we met initially just to, like, hook up, but, uh, it turned into something, you know, like, we ended up actually liking each other a lot and hanging out on a regular basis, and, um, last month, we actually went to Europe together for a few weeks, and I'm just wondering, um, basically, I, 
kind of like was under the assumption that maybe we were in kind of like a mutually exclusive relationship. And uh, I talked to him. Well, it came up a lot where I'd just kind of be like, you know, hinting at the idea that, you know, oh, like, I'm really glad that, like, you know, that we're together. And he would almost every single time, like, just get really pissed off and say, you know, why are you trying to put a label on our on everything and blah, 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 blah. And basically, he doesn't want to acknowledge that we're in a relationship like that. Like, he doesn't think um, that we're boyfriends or anything like that. And I don't know. I mean, he's not... I know that he's been, like, talking to other boys and stuff like that and, like, look for sex and stuff like that. And I don't think he... I don't know whether or not he's actually been doing that. But it's like... I don't know. I just, I don't really understand what the hell is going on, to be honest. And he said, he says that, you know, sex isn't like, to him, it's just a feeling and not so much about, you know, an affection thing. And I think that's complete bullshit. And it, it just kind of sucks that, like, you know, I'm putting it all out on the table for him and yet and he doesn't want to acknowledge that we're an item. And I feel like maybe he's freaked out because he's, um, really, like, in the closet, like, no one knows that he's gay, right? and he's a very private person, and he just doesn't want to commit to anything, and it's like, I don't know. Seven months later, and I'm pretty much nowhere, and so I've just been acting like, you know, I've been getting into this space, and I've definitely taken a step back, and just, you know, like, if he just wants to be friends, and that's fine and stuff, but, like, I don't know. It's just confusing, because, like, he'll still call me up to, like, hang out and like snuggle and stuff like that like what as if nothing's different but it's like well we just talked about this and you told me we were just friends hello youngster you are facing the young closet case conundrum which is sex is private relationships are public he can't admit that you're his boyfriend or doesn't want to put a label on this because then he's going to have to put a label on himself and he's clearly unwilling to do that he's closeted which speaks to his integrity. You know, he's being dishonest with everyone in his life besides you and the other boys that I assure you he's messing around with, that he's hooking up with online, possibly, probably, most likely. You wonder what the hell is going on, and what the hell is going on is that you're dating a fucking closet case. And a closet case won't say he's gay, won't tell his friends, won't be open with people about who he is. And it's just as difficult for closet cases, ironically, to be open with and honest with the people that they're actually having sex with. Being in the closet means lying all the time, not just to the people that don't know you're gay, but also to the people that you do know you're gay because you're having the gay sex with those people. He doesn't want to say he's your boyfriend because that might – he sees that as the first step down the road to telling other people that he has a boyfriend, to telling other people that he's gay. And he's clearly terrified of taking any step down that road. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the fucking closet at his age. You guys are adults. You need to be out. You want to avoid this kind of bullshit? You're learning the lesson that a lot of young gay men learn at your age roughly, which is dating closet cases is a fucking nightmare. It's an emotional roller coaster. It's torture. And what you're going to do is you're going to stop seeing this guy. You're going to stop giving him 
the cuddles and affection, male and male intimacy that he clearly requires. You're going to stop giving that to him if he can't give you what you want from him, which is some acknowledgement that you actually have a relationship. You have a right to that label, boyfriends. He's not going to be able to give it to you until he can label himself gay and he can't label himself gay, which means he can't give it to you, which means you stay the fuck away from him. Go out. You're 21 years old. Come out of the closet. Start dating other out-of-the-closet guys. When I was your age and other gay men were your age, most of us reach a point where we go, you know what? Not doing it anymore. Not dating closet cases anymore. Not worth it. And it was usually a relationship like this where you got hurt and hurt bad by someone who's still in the closet that brought you to the realization that dating closet cases is a waste of time and emotional energy. And you need to get away from this guy. Hey, my girlfriend and I have been dating for over a year now, and um, during the school year, it's a long-distance relationship. She goes to college in Pennsylvania, and mine's in South Carolina, so we're not going to see each other that often. The only minor issue we have is that I would like a dirty picture or two to take with me once the fall rolls around, and uh, the only ground I've gained on this issue is her mentioning to me that if you sided with me, she would go along with it. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey. How are you? Good. Your boyfriend asked me to give you a call about this dirty picture issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he wants dirty pictures to, uh, are, you know, I presume, beat off to the year that you're away from each other. Is that correct? Um, yeah. And you're uncomfortable giving him these dirty pictures. Can you tell us why? Um, I guess I'm just kind of uncomfortable with the situation because... Uh, I guess feel like in any relationship, it's probably like not a really great idea because once you put that out there, you can't really control it. Yeah, you can't really get them back necessarily. Was, and there's a, we've had calls in the past where you know people have digital images from you know past lovers that are on their computers, and the lover wants them deleted, and how can they prove it? And the person who shared the pictures may feel vulnerable for the rest of their lives, particularly if you ever want to be you know the senator from North Carolina or something. And so that's your issue, that you're afraid that these pictures may outlast the relationship, right? Yeah, and it's not really, like, an issue of trust or anything, because, like, I, I mean, I don't think he would do that, but I just don't well, really feel comfortable with the idea. Of course, nobody, th nobody the thinks idea. the person that they're in love with would do that. People think the person they've just broken up with would do that. You know, it's not during the romance mm -hmm. stage that you worry about being betrayed, right? Yeah. Here's the, the thing that I think you should do. I think you should perhaps give him some pictures, without mm -hmm. your face in them. You know, there's a lot of tons of anonymous porn out there online, and so long as your face isn't on the picture and you don't have any, you know, telltale tattoos or open-heart surgery scars or anything that gives it away as, you know, you for sure, um, it's pretty safe to have those images floating around now just because there's so many. Like, who doesn't practically these days, especially uh, your generation, have... Dirty pictures, headless ones floating around out there. But here's what I think you should do. Your boyfriend said that you would do what I said, right? Um, well, I told him that he was trying to convince me to give them to him. And I was like, hey, like, why don't you call Dan? And if Dan can convince me, then yes. Okay. I think that you should provide dirty pictures of yourself without your head. Faceless okay. ones, uh, so that if they did ever get out, like if his computer ever got stolen or whatever, um, you wouldn't have to worry about it too much, and you shouldn't put your name on the file titles or anything, uh, on the condition that he send me dirty pictures of him. 
<laughs> okay. My email address and dirty pictures to you too. And then what I'll do is I will. I don't want to beat off to pictures of your boyfriend. My boyfriend's hot enough, um, and I don't particularly like straight guys. What I'll do is I'll just keep those pictures in a file forever. And if he ever does anything with your pictures that you didn't want done, like you know, if you break up and then he puts up a MySpace page with these pictures all over them to avenge him, you know, to to, to hurt you, okay. I, will, I will post his pictures to my website. All right, thank you. So it'll be like mutual assured destruction. <laughs> okay. All right? All right, that helps. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. All right, thank you. Bye. I suspect I won't be getting any pictures of her boyfriend uh, in the email, and I suspect that he won't be getting any pictures of her. She said it anxious to get off the phone and it didn't sound like she was anxious to get off the phone but she was anxious to take some dirty pictures to send to the boyfriend it sounded like she was anxious to get back to her biology homework all right the number here at the savage Lovecast. if you'd like to record a call for a future uh adjudication 206-201-2720 you download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage and uh, our intro and outro music is by the popovers and that number one more time if you want to record a call, and we would invite you to, keep it short, please, and include a callback number in case we need to ask you a follow-up. Call us at 206-201-2720. And uh, that's it. It's all over. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week with another podcast. <laughs>